As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. It is always good to be with you again this week. It is my hope all is well with you on your side of the world as all is well on this side of the world. As always, I would love to welcome all first-time listeners to Second Chance Coaching, and it is my hope if you enjoy the content, you'll give me a five-star rating if you feel I deserve it, and you stay with us on the Second Chance journey. To my returning listeners, the veteran Second Chancers, thank you for your continued support, and as you know, I always enjoy being on this journey with you. Before we get started this week, um, I was supposed to be in New York City this week as one of my cousins is getting married this coming Saturday. Um, unfortunately, work schedules and different circumstances will prevent me, prevented me from attending, from coming into town this week and will prevent me from attending the wedding on Saturday. But that does not reflect my love for her, for our family. And now we're so happy to welcome her soon-to-be husband and his child into our family. And we welcome him and his family to our wonderful dysfunctional family. Uh, but congratulations to you both. I'll be there with you in spirit. Please take plenty of pictures and post them. And I look forward to seeing all those pictures. And I certainly look forward to seeing you soon in 2022 when I come up to visit New York. I love you both and I love you all for sure. Now, on to this week's topic. We are talking about reentry. Well, <laughs> every week we talk about reentry in one form or another. But this week we are talking about it directly. I call this week's topic critical reentry theory because reentry is indeed critical. And I share a theory which is imperative to the community and the 600 to 700,000 returning citizens that come home every year in the United States. Now, when we start off talking about theory, let's just talk about, you know, the foundation. Let's talk about the definition of a theory, which is simply put a set of principles on which the practice of an activity is based. This podcast, Second Chance Coaching, was built upon the power of second chances and navigating the reentry journey, which is challenging for all of us returning citizens and our family, friends and loved ones who love and support us. When I wrote my dissertation, its title is called The Relationship Between Recidivism Rates and Post-Release Employment, which certainly you could find at ProQuest at no charge. Um, it's 183 pages, I think. <laughs> I forget as the years go by, but certainly you could find it free on ProQuest if you want to read it. But in that dissertation, I wanted to examine how sustainable full-time employment lowers recidivism rates. 
uh, in my dissertation, one of the studies I cited examined a study of 6,500 returning citizens who had been released for at least five years. And in that study, it found that education and employment were the strongest predictors of recidivism. Now, sorry about that. I keep saying recidivism, and I'm assuming that the definition is, is widely known. So let me step back and, say, and define what recidivism is. So recidivism is a behavior or a tendency to relapse into a previous condition or mode of behavior, and is specifically designed to speak of criminal behavior. Now, in this study, in my dissertation, I was able to also cite that 67.8% of returning citizens are arrested for a new crime within three years, and 76.6% of returning citizens are rearrested within five years. And, full, and the factor of full-time sustainable employment, having that, in, having that as a factor or being present for returning citizens would lower the odds of recidivism by 37.4%. So that's pretty good. So if you're at 67.8% or at 76 and you're lowering recidivism by 37.4%, which in a lot of cases is close to half or almost half, that's great. And there were even some studies that I cited in my dissertation that showed recidivism would be reduced with, with full-time sustainable employment and certainly over time as much as 45 to 48%. Now, just the one factor of employment is critical not only for reentry and providing second chances, but it it uplifts the entire community. The entire community is safer, it's more sustainable, more taxes coming in. And it's just it just makes it better not only for that person coming home, for their family, friends, and loved ones, and the community at large. When I was doing my research, I saw that there were four crucial services that are needed by returning citizens when they come home. And I found that not only in doing research for my dissertation, but also looking at other dissertations that dif that dealt with different topics of reentry. And what I saw those four crucial services needed were by returning citizens or, were housing, employment, health services, and education. Now, when it comes to housing, returning citizens are 10 times more likely to experience homelessness than the general public. 10 times more likely. Now, as it pertains to employment, 30% of returning citizens are unemployed in their first year post-release. Think about that. 30%. That is a really high number. Because think if 600 to 700,000 people are coming home every year, and 30% of that 600 to 700,000 are unemployed. Now, I'm not doing the math in my head really quick, but that's a pretty high number nationally. When we look at unemployment, and I know this is a time where we're looking at inflation and gas prices and grocery grocery prices and different things in the supply chain going up, if unemployment was nationally at 5 or 6 or 7%, it would be a red alert across the nation, as well it should be. So imagine if there's a sector of a population, 600 to 700,000 annually that come home every year, and 30% and of them are, are unemployed. Or even if you switch the paradigm and say 30% of the general population is unemployed, then that's depression-like numbers. That just shakes one to the core. Now, with education, 31% of individuals on probation do not have a high school diploma or a GED. And that's compared to 18% of the general population that doesn't have a high school diploma or a GED. It's almost, almost, that's almost twice as much. Now, SHRM 
the Society of Human Resource Management, SHRM, shows in their study of the Getting Back to Work pledge, they did the Getting Back to Work study, show that the, that the higher that one's education level is, the lower the recidivism rate, which goes all the way down to zero if that returning citizen has a master's degree. So, so, so education, just like employment, plays a big role in critically in the critical reentry process for a returning citizen. Now, the SAFER Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization, recently published a report that I was looking at, and it's called Holistic Reentry, a blueprint for action for 2021 to 2024. And this concentrated on reentry in the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was partially inspired due to the effects that the COVID-19 pandemic has had upon us. You know, we're still in it. Hopefully we're at the tail end of it. But certainly as it has gone on, the Safer Foundation looked at and compiled this report as it's not only reimagined um, so many different things in our society, reimagined work and, th and school and things of that nature, but also they looked at reimagined how we should look at reentry. Now, while this examined reentry at the local level in the city of Chicago and expanded into the state of Illinois, I certainly looked at this report and said this could be applied on a national level, which can be a call for the following. One of the things, these are three of the things that foundational pillars they talk about in their blueprint. One would be the establishment of a one-stop reentry office, which would provide those whole, which would be predicated on providing those holistic services such as employment, education, uh, health services, and it was employment, education, health services, and housing. Yes, <laughs> so it would be providing those holistic services. Number two, it would really be a commitment to scale up investment in reentry services. And then three, to improve reentry outcomes for returning citizens, which would include things like the restoration of rights, the way we look at licensing people, and certainly the application of either clean slate legislation and or sealing and, and expungement of records. Now, they look at the reentry pathway for long-term success authored, authored by them, the Safer Foundation, would be as follows. And certainly myself here at Second Chance Coaching believes in the same type of pathway to long-term success as far as um, as far as reentry is concerned. And there's 13 points that they explain. So I'll go through them, you know, one by one. And one was to build and expand tax credits for employers to hire returning citizens. So certainly if they if they're able to get tax credits by taking the opportunity to give people work and the opportunity to have sustainable employment, then there that there's some tax credit incentives incentivization to do that. There's some right now, but it only usually applies to when someone's in their first year of release. So certainly to build and expand on those tax credits could be helpful. Two, to strengthen employment protections for those with arrest and convictions. In previous episodes, I've talked about the expansion of the of the of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, where as human resources professionals, they would they look at returning citizens as a protected class. Three, improve licensing guidance and really modernize the process of people pursuing licenses. And sometimes that can include clean safe legislation. Well, a lot of a lot of guys that 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 were in prison, they would they would perfect their barbering skills and become really high skilled barbers when they when they are incarcerated. But then they come out and they have to get their barber's license. They can't get it because they have a record. And that's the skill that they perfected that they could actually do when they come home. 
So certainly looking at the licensing guidance and modernizing that process is something that should be looked at. Access to affordable adult education and community colleges, not only pre-release, but also post-release. If someone's within a year or a year and a half of being released, have them have access to affordable adult education and community colleges while they're, while they're in prison. So when they get out, they already have, they could either finish their education or already have a step ahead to optimizing their reentry. Number five, to invest in comprehensive reentry models that concentrate on workforce development, on legal entrepreneurial efforts, and of course, health services. Number six, 100% of returning citizens to have housing upon release, as we talked about, 10 times more likely to experience homelessness. So let's eradicate that by making sure that they have housing upon release. Number seven, let's establish state grants that acquire, rehabilitate, and restore livable property for returning citizens. Let's look at the properties that are at different places, different states, and let's utilize that property for through state grants to, to, to create livable property for returning citizens as they transition from one step to the next. Number eight, establish housing subsidies administered by, you could administer those through community-based organizations and that, that subsidizes that those transitional housing costs of people leaving jails and prisons. Number nine, support sensible solutions to address the housing crisis for returning citizens caused by residency restrictions. So let's look at the restrictions that people have as far as going into public housing or getting Section 8 housing. Let's really look at and modernizing those restrictions and create solutions that could, that could ease the transition for returning citizens. Number 10, activate Medicare coverage for returning citizens on the day one of their release to address the health services that they're going to need upon release. Number 11, if they've been um, prescribed, legally prescribed medications while they, while they were incarcerated, provide one month of medications upon their release and provide a month of prescription refills upon their, up, upon their release so they could continue and transition in their, in their, in their health care without interruption. And in the transition of their health care, number 12, provide them their complete medical records upon release so when they do see a healthcare provider through Medicaid, they are not starting from scratch. They they have their medical history available to them and available to their doctor to optimize their care. And last but not least, number 13, provide a complete and comprehensive care package to returning citizens, which highlights community resources in which they could have access to, whether it be community-based organizations, housing, um, schools, things of that nature that really speak to the holistic services that they will need upon reentry. With that, reentry and the investment of reentry is, an, is important, of course, to returning citizens. But of course, I also indicated that it's important to the community at large. It's important to their family, friends, and loved ones. The community, when this happens and this, and this critical reentry is done, the community will become safer, more vibrant, and more sustainable. And then that creates a world where second chances can be optimally available to everyone love the topic and certainly it's something that we're going to continue to keep looking at in different stand, different standpoints here at Second Chance Coaching and continue the critical reentry that we're looking for returning citizens to optimize their second chance, to optimize their, their, their reentry journey. As always, it's great to be with you. 
Thank you so much for spending the time with me, and I look forward to you joining me again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.